Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Nick Lippis, and welcome to the Built for Trust podcast, where you get to hear from all the folks who are building and shaping AI enterprise infrastructure. Now, let's get right into it with our guests. Hey, Roy, how are you? Hey, Nick, I'm good. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Excellent. And a happy new year to you as well. Did you have a good holiday season? I did. I did. I actually took some time <clears throat> to take a break from all that crazy traveling last year. And so I think yeah. um, I think I'm mostly recovered. We'll see. But this year is going to start again soon. Right. So, yeah, and it always does. You know, um, you know, I love the uh, holiday season. It's like that week, um, you know, between like the 24th and um and new year's it is like i think the best week of the year like you know everyone's like on vacation you're not getting pinged with emails no one's asking mm -hmm. you for anything it's like it's like oh my god everyone's on vacation it's like you know yeah. and obviously no, it's, unfortunately it's, 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 the fedex people and <laughs> the ups folks and retailers I, not so much <laughs> i feel bad for them right yeah you see them driving around and i'm sure yeah they, they're they wish they were home with their families but they're driving around and delivering on weekends too so i feel bad for them but but I hear you yeah that's a good time when email is not pinging you don't get stuff coming in that you have to respond to right away that it's a good feeling and it only lasts yeah. a while then yeah it's back love it <laughs> yeah so um one thanks for coming on to the uh the podcast you know i'm um, i'm actually been looking forward to like you know talking with you all day um, so I thought we'd start with, um, what we're trying to do. Uh, well, one thing that we're doing with the podcast is like, you know, we're really fortunate, you know, that we get to like talk to a lot of different people. Um, and some of them, you know, have high profiles like yourself. Um, and they don't really get to know them. You know, it's really just, you know, they see your name and they, you know, read about something that you wrote and so forth. So, you know, um, you know, this is not a podcast for Onug, but like a lot of the Onug people kind of plug in so it's really you know in building community it's always kind of great to like know who's part of the community so i wanted to first start off with just your own career path you know like what your journey was like you know and you know how you started and you know and how you ended up you know doing what you do now yeah no i never thought i was going to be an industry analyst uh, many many years ago so i started a long long time ago um in networking no no surprise um hmm. uh, started as originally uh doing firmware engineering at cisco um on atm asynchronous transfer mode so that was a long long time ago um writing some firmware and then from there uh, moved on from engineering into technical marketing into sales engineering into product management across different companies so started with networking went into network attached storage um and then from there got into the dot com just like some other people in the, uh and that didn't go so well as we all recall you know very few people made it out of the dot com era um it went back into networking but this time on the testing side so um to help launch a company so i was on the founding team of a company that made a layer four to seven network testing solution um and then yeah. uh, took it to market um right as the dot-com crash we were going after the essentially ebay was a customer actually and we were going after the oh. dot-coms and that market went away so we said you know what we'll go to the carriers and this was back in you know we launched the product in the, in the two two thousand time frame right and then we'll go to the mm. carriers no problem right went to carriers and uh, 
MCI and some mm. of the other carriers were customers. Well, the telco crash came right after the dot-com crash. And we're like, oh my God. Yeah. So we took another right turn, I guess now <laughs> facing back in the opposite direction, but we took a third right turn and went after the network equipment providers who were hurting, but because they were all developing layer 47 products in you know, the load balances and firewalls and the like, they bought us stuff. Yeah. And so we grew that revenue stream. So that, that product was pretty proud of. We did it. 3 million the first year, 12 million the second year, 24 in the, th in the third year. And then we got bought by Spirant mm. Communications and yeah. then it became part of Spirant and it grew to 40 million in the year that we got yeah. bought into, into Spirant. So it was a good outcome in the very bad time. And that's how I ended up at Spirant Communications for a little bit um, in the test yeah. and measurement industry. And then from there, uh, went back and did it again, started another company, this time in identity, network identity. So it was an access control product yeah. back in 04. Uh, raise a bunch of money, raise about 26 million. And it was zero trust before zero trust. This is what people will call it. It was network access control, uh, attribute based yeah. access control for networking in the 04 to 08 timeframe. In the 08, it was out raising my C round. Unfortunately, there was Lehman Brothers collapse and uh, yeah. we couldn't, we just couldn't. Uh, we were not profitable. 130 customers, yeah. not profitable. We had to sell the yeah. assets. The asset uh, was yeah. bought by Nortel which then went yeah. bankrupt. Uh, it was, yeah. it was called identity engines. The company was not, it was, it was, so it was Nortel ID engines for a little bit on the market. Nortel yeah. went bankrupt, got sold to Avaya. It became Avaya yeah. identity engines. <laughs> so the product oh. kept, kept getting <laughs> sold, right? So the product was bringing in tens of millions of revenue, right? On an ongoing basis under different brands. First Nortel, <laughs> then Avaya, then it was called yeah. extreme identity engines. So the product oh, my. stayed yeah. consistent throughout. So it was a good product. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't make any money out of that one. So zero trust prematurely in mm -hmm. the market prematurely. Um, and then from there, I ended up doing management consulting, started a media site with a former partner called SDX central, um, in yeah. the software defined arena, grew yeah. that and the research team inside there. And in, in uh, 2018, we spun out independently. So the last five years we've been an independent research firm. And that's how I ended up here where I am right now. Um, well, what a journey that that is actually a really great, great story. You know, I, uh, I love it. And, um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of things interesting about it. But like, uh, most of us um, that have been in the industry for a while, um, that have uh, kind of had our own career journey through kind of the networking industry, have everybody's lived through kind of the uh, 2001, you know, 2000, 2001 dot com crash, you know, the telecom yep. crash, right. um, yep. the Great Recession, you know, of 2000, you know, and eight. Um, and those were, you know, you really had to like be a good manager, you know, to kind of like manage through that, um, through that period. Um, you know, unless like you were like, you know, this you know, really large corporation, you know, like, um, mm -hmm. you know, for example, like Cisco, like Cisco did a really good job in that time frame because it hurt. Mo well, Cisco clearly decelerated uh, fast as everybody else did, but at least they had a lot of cushion, you know, there. And so the longer that the downturn lasted actually it was kind of better for them in a way because like their, their competitors couldn't survive. Um, and so right. it, as That's we right. knew it would turn like the big got bigger, you know, and the weak got yeah. weaker, you know, uh, during that time frame. So, yeah, I mean, the, the same with, I mean, if you look at the last couple of years, right, the rich got richer, right? I think it was what the, the wealthiest doubled their, their wealth of 10 times their wealth and whatever period it was. And, yeah, if you have a if you have a cash pile and you're sitting on it and you're holding cash, then you know 
bad times will beat out everyone else, right? And you, you're, you're left standing so you can reap the benefits. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's I a mean, good point. Like, very good point. <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy too because like there are every once in a while, like um, like economic crashes kind of frighten me, you know, uh, because you, you're in this unknown area and, and also there's no floor, you know, anymore. And you're kind of like, you know, you're in suspended, you know, animation and you're just, you know, and like you're thinking about your family and you're thinking about, you know, uh, the people who rely upon you and, uh, and everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, so my mind will every once in a while, it will flash back to the depression, you know, error and like long lines and, you know, shortages of bread and stuff like that. But really when you look back at that, you know, it was like, you know, if you were kind of like, you know, upper middle class, like you were kind of okay, you know, even though there was 25% unemployment, that 75% that was employed were, you know, it wasn't a good time whatsoever, but it was, you know, but you, you survived, you know, it, and so mm -hmm. like my parents grew up in that era, you know, and so, um, mm -hmm. they were scarred from it and that was kind of a multi-generational kind of scarring. Um, but anyway, the only reason I bring that up is that, you know, we went through, um, you know, our trials and tribulations, you know, a couple of them in our career, but it was nothing like they went through like in the late twenties and early, uh, early time frame, you know, and early Agreed. 30 time frame. So Agreed. Agreed. we're lucky. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, we, we are, I mean, we are lucky, right. In, in the sense that, I mean, I think it's part of sort of, you know, if you're in, in the United States or any of the developed nations, then you are definitely very fortunate. Right. And, uh, and, and that's, and it is luck, right? It's luck where you're born. <laughs> that, that is a matter of sort of luck in a sense and in, where you're born sort of dictates, you know, in, in some sense, you know, um, at least it sort of puts you in the right ballpark already. Right. I mean, imagine you were born in some part of the developing, you know, economies in, in the world where you can try yeah. really hard, you can work really hard, but the opportunity isn't there. Right. In, in fact, you don't have a roof, yeah. you don't have food, you don't have water. It, it's a lot harder, but we are fortunate, right? In most of the developed nations, um, generally speaking, if you work hard and your luck's not too horrible, you can make it, you know, most of the time, right? Most of the time, maybe not yeah. all the time, but most of the time. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So great. So that was um, actually, so we both have history, you know, um, and we can look yeah. back and allows us to kind of uh, move forward, you know, as well. Um, but I think during that time frame, a lot of kind of my peers, uh, we weren't kind of, we were just so busy kind of building businesses and we were busy, um, you know, taking care of families and, and so forth mm -hmm. um, that we kind of put uh, health and wellness, you know, on a back seat, you know, and I mm -hmm. think like now it's changed though. I think, you know, as you know, um, you know, clearly I'm, I'm in my sixties now, like early sixties early with a big e capital e yeah <laughs> and um it's almost like you're in the 50s nick come on you know just just yeah. <laughs> i know it's, it's well i do say feel. like 90 yeah. that, that is very true but i do say 90 is the new 50 you know so <laughs> yeah no yeah, anyway yeah, I, but, I, yes uh, but there's a lot more focus on like on health and wellness so like roy you've always um been in great shape so i thought hey let's let's talk a little bit about like how you approach you know, uh, health and wellness. Sure. So, um, you know, what do, what do you do? Yeah. So, um, I don't do much. So I, you know, generally speaking, you know, I, I take walks, um, every day, uh, which, which is mm -hmm. helpful. Um, I, I don't, I can't run easily. I'm not a runner, but I can do light jogging and that seems to help generally speaking, but yeah, I think just mm -hmm. getting out every day and walking around and just thinking through, and that's when I listen to 
podcast like these, right? I actually listen to podcasts mm -hmm. and you're sort of walking around. I think I think that yeah. generally is helpful. And um, and I think the other element that sort of keeps me going is, you know, when you have a family, you have kids, you know, it 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 is helpful to take a break, right? I I know folks who just work all the time and it's not healthy. Mm. Um, in my case, yeah. Um, I can't afford to do that because the kids are always interrupt. Now my kids are now all older. I have four. Um, that's a lot, as everyone will say, nice. right? I mean, and so it's not they, a lot. They, that's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, so it's it's it's, but they they do interrupt the the process, and they have done that, you know, over the years. And so it's it's hard to be a hundred and ten percent at work when you have you know family and kids because there's always interruptions and. And I would say you're right. I mean, before I would say, ah, you know, why am I? Why are you interrupting me? Right? I I got work to do. Right? We're trying to build business, mm. trying to get stuff done. But then it turns out that that was what actually, that's what keeps you sane. Actually, yeah. It's, there's those interruptions and those interactions and you know and the forced interactions that that you have with your you know your your the rest of the family, right? The kids, your wife, and and working through all that 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 turns out to be important and a good balance actually. Yeah. Um, it's, it's what I learned. Right. And, 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 and you realize that actually that's more important than work. I mean, work's important. You know, you have to make the money, you have to feed the kids, you have to clothe them and pay for the college education, which is a huge mm -hmm. pain in the ass here in the U S but, um, yeah, but I think that's, that's the part of it. I think just getting out, walking, walking out there every day and just taking a break uh, from work and, spending time with family. I think that's for me, that's, that, that's important. I mean, the yeah. good thing for me is I get to travel a lot or bad, good. I don't know, but, but also seeing other cultures, just, um, taking a break from the same place, the same locations, every time seeing new cultures, trying new food. I think that, that helps keep me sane, helps balance out the, the, the work. Um, mm. I mean, building a small business, as you well know, takes a lot of effort and keeping it going and trying to reinvent yourself, you know, every five years or 10 years, that's, that's a lot of, um, uh, a work. And I know kudos to you, Nick. I mean, I've, I've known you since like the inspiring days where you came in aspiring and you used to do consulting and, you know, back yep. in those <laughs> days. So it's been like 20, some God, 20 something years now, but, but, yeah. you know, I think, you know, just, just taking a break from that. Um, I think, uh, that, that, that's been helpful at least to me. Yeah. At least to me. Yeah, it's very insightful. You know, it's uh, so funny as you're talking. Um, with, uh, there are two images that kind of went through uh, my head. One is that like when my son, my son's like 33 now. So like when he was like probably like two or three, um, I don't know, maybe around four. So I was traveling a lot. And this is in the 90s. Um, like literally I would be um, in three different cities a week. Um, and I would travel. So I'd be on the road the entire time. Um, and... I would, um, the only time it would stop, it would stop for two weeks. It would stop, you know, during the holidays. Um, and also August for some, I think everyone's on vacation. And so like, I you know my travel schedule would stop. So, um, anyway, so I'm, you know, I'm playing with my son and, um, and so, um, you know, where you know, I forget what we were, you know, playing with uh, cars or something like that. Uh, and then he gets up and he looks out the window and the black limo is there and he mm. looks at that. And he looks at me and then he's like, mm, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those, those, those are really, really hard. Right. I mean, that's, that's just, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's yeah. hard when, yeah. And I, I would say I've been, 
I feel fortunate because um, if I haven't had to work for a lot of large organizations in a sense, right? But even you know when you're trying yeah. to build your own businesses, it's 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 difficult. But um, I've been fortunate in the sense that for a good part of when my kids were in middle school and high school, um, I had flexibility of working from home or working flexible hours, and I think that. Yeah. That helps tremendously. And I remember my my kid, my oldest one was uh, academically was sort of challenged initially, and um, we sent him for this. Um, this is like a SAT prep class, which a lot of the kids here in the Bay yeah. Area do that. So, mm -hmm. so he 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 was one of the actually he's the only one who did that anyway. So of the four, but anyway, he needed it, yeah. and so mm -hmm. he was he was there, um, and um, he didn't want to be there. And so what I did was I made an arrangement with with the with the that the teacher, I said, can I come and sit in? Like well, it was once a week, right? For three hours. And, mm -hmm. and I, I'll just sit there, just just be there, right? With him. Yeah. Um, and I would do work. I would be doing email and all that from there. But I was just there with him. And I think, um, and and then he, you know, I think he said after after the fact later on, it's like he appreciated the fact that I was, I was there because I actually, Show that I cared yeah. that, that he was in the class that he would pay attention. I said that helped, and and the story tells yeah. that some of the other kids went up to the teacher, and the teacher told me this. It's like you know, some of the other parents are like how some of the kids are like, oh, you know, um, my son's like, oh, he's so lucky, his dad's here <laughs> because the dad cares, yeah. right? And I, I wish my dad would do. <laughs> yeah, that. you're it's, uh, you're right? present. So, yeah, that's yeah. no yeah. kudos I to mean, you. I was just dad. There doing yeah. email, right? I mean, I was working, right? I was yeah. just in the room, paying like half paying attention, but I think sometimes just physically. Just being yeah. present, I think, can can make yeah. a difference, right? I mean, he's a good kid. Yeah. I mean, he's grown up now. He's twenty five and he's working. He's working as a network mm. engineer, right? And ah, actually, awesome, so, good boy. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. That's well, what I said. Finally, he, he, I told him, I told him to get into computer science. He didn't. He he fought yeah. me all the way. He was like, I'm gonna do econ. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, but, you know, not that right. econ's bad, right? But yeah, he came out and he's like, oh. You know, trying to find a job, it's like, uh, yeah. well, it's easier with an IT job, right? So he started with IT, and I said, that's good. Yeah. And then he says, you know, Dad, I'm thinking of network engineering. I'm like, yes, right? So because CCNA, right. he went in, and now he's working <laughs> with networking gear. He does large scale Wi Fi deployments, and I'm, I'm very happy, right? Exactly. Awesome. Like, I'm very happy. So, awesome. Yeah. Oh, great outcome. You know, yeah. yeah. Congratulations. That's uh, that's super. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think like uh, Woody Allen said, what, like ninety percent of life is just uh, showing up and being there, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so it's like actually, you it's took true. that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so I just have one other story, and then uh, and then we'll kind of move on for this topic. But so I, I have to give my daughter uh, some credit too. It's like there was uh, a time when um, when we first the first company I launched was a company called uh, Strategic Networks. And so um, I'm working, you know, in the house and I'm kind of, you know, pounding away. And she's probably, she's probably the same age my son was at the time, like maybe three or four. And so um, she comes into like, you know, my office um, and she's like, you know, um, it probably has to be a little bit because she was speaking. <laughs> so um, she, you know, she's like, dad, come on, I, you know, I want you to, you know, uh, I want to play. I'm like, I got to, I have to finish this. And she's like, no, like, I, you know, no, you have to do this. And I'm like, Can, you know, just give me a few minutes. And she would not take no for an answer. And finally, I just like, I said, okay, you know. And so she grabbed my hand and then we went inside and we played Barbie dolls and she colored my face <laughs> and put pigtails wherever she can kind of group my hair together, um, you know. And um, 
you know, and I love her for that, you know. <laughs> so yeah, those anyway. are the good times. I think you know when you're sort of in, you're like, oh my god, you know, like it's in the, and then now you look back, it's like, thank God, right? I got roped into that, or thank God I did that because what yeah. seemed like an irritation back then turns out to be, you know, a blessing in disguise, right? Later on, you look back, like, thank God I did that, or thank God I got roped into that, or thank God I, yeah. because that's actually what turns out to be important. And it's actually wasn't yeah. an email, it wasn't a document, it wasn't that business proposal or whatever it was, it was actually spending the time, right? Before it's too late. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 It's too late really quick. Okay. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh, believe me. Yeah. I feeling that now as my second one is leaving uh, to, to go work in, in Canada. Right. I'm like, wait, wait, uh, hold on. Right. The, the, like you, you, yeah. you, you take it for granted until it's too late. And yeah. that's just, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, um, you're a good dad, you know, and, yeah, um, know and a great that. analyst. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and a great analyst. That. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what my kids say. We'll see what my wife says. But uh, but I, I tried, right? I tried. Um, yeah. Well, um, let's kind of talk about kind of industry stuff, you know. And um, sure. so 2023, you know, um, you know, I have some observations, but like I want to hear yours, you know. So what do you think? You know, um, kind of like the big takeaways from last year, and then I'm gonna, yeah. and then we'll kind of lead into like what's what's about to happen this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I think 2023 in tech was um, there was a clear trend. There was one element that dominated through the whole year, and I think we all know what what it is. Um, it was kind of funny. We were doing these predictions videos. Uh, Jim Carroll, my my media partner, yeah. and I were going through the predictions videos for the year, and there was one, and we just did a quick cut. It was like. AI, 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 right? Every, everyone, almost everyone had AI in there. And I think that that dominated tech across the board, right? Whether you were networking mm -hmm. or computer storage, it, it was dominant. So I think that, but I think, you know, from a networking perspective, uh, I think equally important to AI and actually maybe more important than AI is, is, is security, importance of security, mm -hmm. importance of the next generation of security and security baked into everything. Because I think the, mm -hmm. the reality is that while AI is an enhancement, is an operational improvement, I think security uh, is one thing that if you don't take care of, it's it's a it, you know it can destroy value very quickly. It it destroys companies, right? I mean, yeah, I forget it was an IBM study that said that you know I think eighty percent of the small companies that ended up getting uh, ransomware, whatever it is, some percentage of them didn't continue. It wasn't they they weren't financially viable after that, right? Because you know, when you lose that much of your money, and unfortunately in the U.S., mm -hmm. you know, if if there's fraud and a consumer, you're protected. The bank will, you know, yeah. the, the the bank's liable to protect you. If you're a right. small business, if it's gone, it's gone, right? Unless you can prove that yeah. there was a fault, the bank, very clear negligence, your money's mm -hmm. gone. There's no protection. And so when yeah. you lose, a, a, you know, eighty percent of your cash or fifty percent of your cash, you become non-viable. And so I think, yeah. you know, AI is important. Security is just as important. Obviously, you can use AI in security, and people do. But but certainly, mm -hmm. I think the the visibility of security, the importance of security throughout the net networking, I think the convergence of security and networking, I think to me was one of the one of the big things for 2023, and I think we'll continue in 2024 as we see yeah. more sort of zero trust zero trust efforts or more intelligent security, um, bigger awareness around that. I think. That we're going to see, right? So I think 2023 we yeah. had that security element, 
them on top of that we had this what i call distributed cloud right that encompasses sort mm -hmm. of sort of uh there's the cloud transformation that continues but the mm -hmm. realization that you have multiple clouds realistically uh some public some private multiple locations mm -hmm. you know sometimes edge locations uh, sometimes your private data centers i think the realization of a distributed cloud distributed workloads distributed computing as a reality and I think along with that, the need for orchestration, visibility, security, I think that mm. was a theme to, for me in terms of 2023 as well. Um, that became more prominent with the rise of the multiple vendors in the space. And at, at Onug, you, it's very clear, you see a lot of those vendors you know, showing up at Onug. Um, so I think yeah. that that's one of the other elements that, that was, um, uh, imp, imp, I think that that's equally important. Um, I think the other element around uh, security uh, and networking is, is is the convergence of some of the feature sets that I'm seeing, right? So you're seeing, mm -hmm. I mean, we use the term SASE and SSE and, you know, mm -hmm. ZTNA and, and the like, and SD-WAN still exists, right? So, but, but fundamentally yeah. in 2023, you saw more convergence around the stacks. You saw a desire yeah. to collapse some of those functions together so that they were more manageable so that they were no more synergistic because you could do both at the same time. Um, saw a good bunch of that in the 2023 timeframe as well. I think that was important. Yeah. Um, I think the third sort of theme around sort of um, the enterprise side of things is, is a realization um, that whether it's return to office or work from home or wherever it is, is this connectivity, pervasiveness and importance of connectivity, whether you're at home, mm -hmm you're on mobile, you know, or your remote branch office or whatever it is. I think that pervasiveness of connectivity, reliable connectivity, uh, convenient connectivity, I think that's, that's important as well. Obviously mm. along with security, with, with the convergence team. So I think, I think that distributed cloud, the convergence, security, networking, that importance of pervasivity, pervasiveness of connectivity. I think mm. some of the things that I saw in 2023 sort of you know, um, as we recover from a pandemic, saw those trends sort of moving right along, along with AI, they will put it aside because everyone talks about it. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, 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 I think in my mind, what, what struck me about last year. Yeah, those are, those are good. Those are actually, I overlap a lot on that. You know, it's like, um, uh, the multi-cloud uh, piece, the network and the certain security convergence, you know, I see it in a couple different uh, ways. One, um, I think you're right, kind of feature set, you know, integration or convergence, uh, but also in the operations, you know, knocks and socks and the integration there. Yes. Um, yep. And that's that's a huge transformation that's happening, you know, um, pretty systemically, you know, uh, across the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, distributed cloud, uh, for sure. Um, multi-cloud, you know, as well. Yep. The... Um, I think the other major trend um, that we saw like during the year was contraction, you know, and um, rationalization, you know, um, so um, the amount of uh, dollars going into cloud providers, you know, slowed by half in terms of their growth rate, right? They were, um, they were projected to grow by 30%. I think it was around 15. Um, so um, that was a big, you know, deal for them to, um, you know, kind of see that correction, you know, in the, in the marketplace. Um, and then also it was just the take that spend that they already had and now start to rationalize it. You know, uh, how do we extract the value uh, from all that? Um, so that was another 
prevalent, you know, uh, theme, you know, that, that we were kind of um, talking about, you know, right on it. Yep. No, I agree. I, I think that's, that's, that's a good point that the whole, you know, on the cloud side, when we talk to the, the cloud customers that we have or the enterprises that FinOps, right. The, the new thing about FinOps, mm. right. Not just DevOps, NetOps, you know, SecOps, but FinOps and the financial element of it. And when, when, you know, when Werner, you know, the, the CTO over at AWS in, in the reInvent talk, when he talks about, yeah. you know, cost savings, <laughs> right. And when, when he starts talking about cost savings, you know, that clearly that's a, a trend that's, you know, it's, yeah. it's now AWS is like, we will save you more money than the other clouds. Right. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought we, I thought we heard that, you know, like about five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I, but cloud cost is, is staggering. I mean, you know, but you, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the reality mm -hmm. is that there is waste, right. I mean, and, and it helps. I mean, you don't need to be wasting your money, you know, I know a lot of organizations, they, they spin up, uh, people spin up instances just because they can, and they're not watching, yeah. right? Because, and it's a waste, it's a waste from money, it's a waste in yeah. sustainability and energy costs as well as a waste, right? Why why, why use it if you don't need it, right? Um, now yeah. I say that, meanwhile, I'm on mid journey creating useless images just for fun because i can right and meanwhile but that's a that's it's... different <laughs> that's that's entertainment you know <laughs> that's true that actually true. i stopped yeah. using mid-journey i was using it a lot and i was really having fun with it but then i got frustrated it was like i couldn't tell it describe enough to it to kind of give me something that was satisfying me you know mm. and so mm. I've, I've you know and i think i was giving it too much you know, um, mm, mm, and so it would just, they would give me these images that were kind of like, you know, far out, you know, kind of, it was like someone was tripping, you know, they dropped yeah. acid yeah, yeah, and yeah, they just started yeah. drawing, you know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. not what I was yeah, thinking, no. it, it, <laughs> but it's it, it cool. comes up with very weird things. It is pretty cool. I know it is pretty cool. It yeah. comes up with very weird things. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, oh, wow, that's really, really wonderful. I mean. I, I did this experiment. We didn't end up using it because it's a living um, artist. So we did something in the style of Banksy. My God, it was uh -huh. it was outstanding. It was outstanding oh. because it it actually showed like real world like f photographs of like say a wall or a side of a building. So it was clearly yeah. like photo in a photographic quality of a, like a building. And then there would be his art style, right? Black and reds and there. It was really good. Yeah. It was very scary. It was amazing. Yeah. Like we never used mm. it, obviously, because Banksy's still alive, but but remarkable. Yeah. That technology is remarkable. Yeah. Very interesting. Yes. Yeah, you know, actually, um, you know, as you kind of said that, it reminded me, we, so we've been working with uh, Worldwide Technology, and um, so we've been expanding that partnership, and so I wanted to, like, kind of create an image. Okay, well, what, what could be the outcome, you know, uh, of this relationship, you know, over... Mm -hmm you know, a couple of years. And so I actually had mid journey kind of write, um, draw something up. Um, and that was impressive. And so I shared that, I, mm -hmm. you know, put that into a presentation, you know, and, um, you know, gave mid journey credit, you know, for it, you know, but, um, yeah, it kind of like, it just expanded your, you know, your thinking, you know, around, Oh, what's possible, you know, the art of possibility, yeah. you know? Yeah. The art so of anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, no, I was going to say, yeah, I think, what what I find Jen and I useful in it is providing ideas, providing you know things that you may not have thought of, right? It's it's a, it's a good collaborator from that standpoint, right? Um, yeah, yeah, 
So uh, let's think about kind of like, you know, um, not so much predictions, even though, but like, you know, industry analysts like love to predict, you know, and, um, you know, I, I put myself in that category, you know. Um, so, um, but maybe more, you know, and well, predictions are okay, but um, what do you think like is going to be the trajectory for 2024? You know, um, you know, kind of where are we going and what do you think, you know, um, will be kind of the big, either big stories or will be kind of the big trends this year? Yep. So yeah, yeah. If you notice, I I haven't made predictions, so we haven't written any. I haven't written anything. No, in our yeah. prediction 24, 24, 2024 series, I actually don't show up deliberately, um, because uh, I I only, I know one thing for sure. My predictions are probably going to be wrong. But from an industry <laughs> analysis standpoint, <laughs> in terms of yeah. you know following that trend trajectory, that's yeah. that's a safer place to be. Mm -hmm. So I think you know, um, from our standpoint, what I find interesting is that you know you, you don't always have to predict new things i think the reality is that the distributed cloud will continue i mean we know that it's going to continue this year yeah. we're going to see it everywhere um i think the, the other reality is that convergence of networking security is not going to go away so you're going to see more of that yeah. um yeah i hope to see simplification of that i have a presentation i make about you know we've complexified right complexified to simplify which is we've complexified this whole security thing with sassy and all that we've thrown everything in, in kitchen sink into one big umbrella yeah. and then the, the enterprise is looking at it like oh my god i can't deal with this but the reality mm. is you know we shouldn't be thinking about it as a collection of acronyms we should be looking at it in terms of as a business this is what i need to protect my data these are the sort of the basic functions and then start yeah. from sort of the, the bottoms up you know sort of first principles approach and and then rebuild it again like some of the vendors are, i think are starting to think about that and doing that so i'm hoping that mm. we'll see the convergence but from an what does the end user need in a converged solution standpoint as opposed to let's see how many acronyms we can throw at this in this bucket and check all the boxes yeah that's the wrong approach so i'm hoping 2024 will see that kind of simplification streamlining around the, that convergence um i think the other element around um, 24 is going to be uh, a lot more operational assistance optimization not just the gen ai type stuff but the ai ml mm -hmm. stuff that we've seen for many many years i think we'll see the fruition of that that effort coming so we'll see more automated networks more i wouldn't say autonomous yet but certainly more automation in networks and assisted automation in networks i expect to see some things around that for optimization um you know mm. for some level of auto healing so we, we get more reliability more scalability out of that is my hope yeah. on, on on that sense right um and i think we'll see a little dip on on ai um where we start realizing what Gen AI specifically is good for and what it's not good for. I think we'll learn a little bit of that. So hopefully some mm. kind of minor correction. It's not not a bad thing, really. It's it's a good thing. Yeah. Um and mm -hmm. that that's my hope actually that that will happen. Um I think, you know, that's that's the the main aspect. And I see you know on the security side more attacks, no no changes, always up into the I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um yeah. but I'm hoping as well on the IT side, on the infrastructure side, that we start building out better frameworks, stronger frameworks in terms of a sort of that trust attestation, um, fidelity uh, frameworks, mm. um, and obviously starts with devices and platforms. But I see technology as a key element of build, rebuilding or building trust in societies. You know, how do you know that that video was real? Well, maybe that video 
is yeah. timestamp. Maybe it's got a stream that attests to the fact that it came from this camera in this location at this point in time, and I can prove it to you, right, with with yeah. reasonable certainty. You know, I can prove that this content was me. I signed it. It's actually me certified. It was Roy. It was Nick who actually said that, mm -hmm. not someone else. We have a lot of those technologies. You know, signing digital, you know, mm -hmm. PKI infrastructure and all that. I don't think we've applied them sufficiently um, with government help or with large organizational help to recreate a trustworthy network or trustworthy computing. You know, I think that to me in 24, I think it's going to be important going forward. It's going to be even more important in terms of the platform, the stream, the location. So if I watch that video, I know that video mm -hmm. came from a camera in this location and it was owned by this person because I'm signing. I think technology can be used to recreate trust. And I'm hoping in 24 yeah. that we learn that, especially with elections yeah. coming up. And in fact, I think I heard what about half the world is going to be going to some elections uh, somewhere. I mean, obviously, oh. Russia, you know mm. what the outcome is going to be. So there's no yeah. question about that. But in the US, no who knows, right? There's no cliffhanger yeah. there. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. No, there yeah. isn't. I don't think any of the bookies are taking uh, bets on that one. I think that one is. <laughs> but, but elsewhere in the world, you know, I think half the world is going uh, going to go to elections um, this year. So, yeah. so anyway, so we'll see. But I think trust is important to rebuild um, across you know, the, the infrastructure, right? So. Yeah, that's, that's my you know, it's interesting, yeah. like our views are um, so, uh, so similar, uh, we, uh, we might prioritize different, different things, but I think like, like, um, like the list that we have, so I have uh, both on the consumer side, um, kind of, I think trends that are happening this year, and then also on the uh, supplier, you know, side. And so um, mm -hmm. I think on the consumer side, you know, and you've actually alluded to like, you know, these, um, you know, these words. Um, but one is simplification, you know, and so uh, every consumer now is dealing with complexity inflation that's occurred over the last couple of years. And so, um, mm -hmm. so um, there is now kind of major simplification efforts, you know, that are underway and simplification manifests itself with design patterns, templates, um, uh, um, vendor reduction or rationalization, device rationalization, um, uh, organizational um, structure um, transformations uh, of groups like the operations piece that we talked about. So I think there's there's a systemic view of okay, this is kind of like the year to really simplify, uh, and it's simplified not just to uh, as another way to kind of reduce spend or um, to make life easier. It's just like life is unbearable. You know, it's like there's just way too much complexity. And the goal, though, is to build trusted infrastructure, so that so you 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 simplify it with the mind of trust, and the and trust is really key because you need the developers to trust this infrastructure and the infrastructure people who are building it to be able to trust it, you know, as well. So, so we think that um, so on the consumer side, you know, they've gone from um, overconsumption in twenty and twenty one parts of 2022, then uh, mid 2022 into like 2023 was rationalization, you know, yeah. of that overspend. Uh, and now it's, uh, and that during that happened, uh, complexity inflation significantly increased. And now it's really all about, okay, how do we simplify this um, and build a trusted infrastructure? And then there are underpinning technologies that, that are enabling that, you know, and, um, 
Um, you know, you've mentioned uh, a few of them, um, you know, and I want to kind of get back to you wrote an article around uh, NAS and I want to get to that. I thought that was brilliant, frankly, you know, the way you wrote that. Um, but I think the, you know, I think that's one simplification technology. I think, you know, maybe a little bit where we differ is on kind of AI in our industry, like uh, on AI networking is that we were, um, we're actually launching, uh, it's called the AI networking summit. Um, if it hasn't launched yet, it will be launching, you know, um, it, you know, uh, shortly. But in there, at, our first thinking was, um, okay, well, uh, networking. There are certain uh, requirements around um, AI workloads that um, that um, put pressure on networking. So there are different requirements that so so, so networking needs to change. Then, uh, then it was really then that started to move towards, um, yeah, that's true. Um, and also what's driving that is that many large organizations, large corporations um, aren't going to use public AI services um, because of just the, uh, the cost, the compliance, the risk, you know, there. So that's really going to be it's going to be private. So they need to build, you know, how what, what's the strategies around building private AI, um, not just for IT, of course, you know, but like to run their business, you know, and to get uh, to um, absorb and ingest all these emitters um, that uh, that they're getting from all over, you know, the, um, the landscape. So there's, so there's this kind of move towards, you know, private AI that will, I think, manifest itself in 2024. And then there's um, AI as it moves into the protocol layer uh, around networking and also on security, especially on the, on the back end of security uh, in the SIM and the SOAR and the data lake space and, and trying to take all that data or make sense out of that and do instant response, mm -hmm. you know, quicker. And so I think, once you so there is AI moving into the infrastructure stack, you know as well, um, and then the other uh, real area is um, if you how that might manifest itself over time is that okay you can now envision like an AI orchestrator you know that that works on behalf of an application and it spins up infrastructure uh, for that application and it's monitoring security profiles and networking routes. It, you know, it impacts um, the cost of a hop, you know, to include security, include real dollar cost, you know, like latency and, and so forth. So I think, so I'm, so I guess lack of a better way, I, I'm, we're kind of looking at this from multiple different points of view and I'm coming as the more and more I kind of spend time on this, the more I think that the impact could be bigger than the, in, the introduction of TCP IP and ethernet that this is not a derivative. Um, this is a, um, it is a new vector, you know, and a new vector that's gonna create value, uh, which we don't really know, you know, yet. So that like, as I sit here today, that's my thinking around, around that. I think that's gonna start to come into shape in 2024. So that, I agree with your, um, your assessment around network and security convergence wholeheartedly, you know, that's gonna continue. Um, on it, that's derivative, right? So that will continue. Distributed cloud that will continue, you know, as yep. well. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, I think the AI ML elements will continue. I think, you know, from my perspective, some of the ML and AI efforts that have been going ongoing in networking for some time now, not necessarily the Gen AI stuff, but the sort of traditional yeah. AI techniques and CNN, RNNs, you know, all the other approaches to to that. Um, I think will continue to yield value, and I think you're right. The automation, the scalability. That I think we'll see ongoing. I think the Gen AI stuff is going to be interesting. I'm going to be watching that. I think right now, from a summarization uh, standpoint, from you know going through data and trying to make it 
easy to explain to humans so that you can actually help, you know, it parses the data, pre-process the data and provides you with, hey, look here or here are the five things that you should be looking at. I think definitely very helpful. I mean, I've used it myself to really analyze CSV files, right? I'll just put it in there and say, hey, you know, draw me a graph or show me this and that. And that and it definitely helps save a lot of time for sure. So, yeah. so definitely looking forward to to some of those elements. Um, I think, you know, I think it be I think 24 is going to be interesting as we learn what Gen AI can and cannot do. And there'll be new breakthroughs. I mean, we'll find new new stuff in there for sure. With that much money and people and brains yeah. behind it, that's yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, every week there's something new to to, to look at, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. Looking. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that also 2024 brings back the IPO market. You know, um, so yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I was talking to Steve Milani, you know, on the podcast, and Steve actually had. Um, a good perspective and some one that you and I can both relate to is that, you know, as we went through those downturns, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the strong survived and the weak didn't. So it's kind of a weeding out uh, process, yeah. you know, and so we're in that process right now with the IPO window mm -hmm. closed. And so runways, you know, aren't, you know, infinitely long. Um, and mm -hmm. so those companies that um, aren't profitable um, have to get, raise money and if they can't raise it obviously you know what happens you know um so um so it'd be nice to see the ipo window uh open up because i think once it does we're going to have a bunch of really strong companies you know uh coming out that have kind of weathered this walk through the desert <laughs> you know mm -hmm. over the last like yeah. three years three or four years you mm -hmm. know yeah no i think that that's true and i i know some of those companies and i i'm hoping that they will get you know um to they'll get to get their rewards, so to speak, right, for 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 building a real business over the last few years. Yeah. And um, there's a couple of those that I'm pretty impressed with. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So um, I have like one other topic, you know, um, your sure. sassy your your NAS, you know, um, hmm. um, uh, blog. So I was really impressed with that. That actually changed my mind on how I viewed uh, the NAS marketplace. So I wanted to thank you for that. And um, well, I thought, you know, you. for those who haven't read it, um, you know, actually, uh, Andrea, if you can uh, kind of take a look, uh, Andrea is like behind uh, backstage here. But if you can uh, try to find or do a search for uh, for Roy's uh, NAS um, blog and, and pull it up, that would be great if you can. So well, all right, so Roy. Many faces um, of NAS is what it's called. Yeah. It's I think it's called yeah, yeah. many faces of NAS and Andrea is what it's called. But yeah. But appreciate you reading it and, and thank you. Um, I, I mean, You're welcome, I, I, but let's talk about it. Yeah. So I wrote it um originally um because we I was talking to to our friends over at the MEF, right? Um and they mm -hmm. had a NAS event and I think they were in the process of trying to define NAS. And I yeah. and I was explaining that that was a Difficult thing because NAT had, NAS had been defined and redefined yeah. uh, many times, hence the many faces. So, <laughs> literally, the many faces of NAS. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So everyone, uh, this is this is the article. So, I, like, read it. You know, it's like um, it's you know, it's really really good. Um, oh, so, uh, but we're going to talk about it now, and it's on the Avid Think website. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Yep. Okay. And and so yeah. So um, so what struck me was you know I was talking to many networking companies, the carriers, enterprises across the, and everyone uses the word NAS because they're trying to redefine it and make it their own. And yeah. I think, you know, what struck me was like, why are we trying to do that? Because the reality is that um, we have SaaS. We'll live with SaaS, software as a service. We're not trying yeah. to redefine SaaS really, right? And we're mm -hmm. comfortable with, the, with the, what, what a SaaS means. Well, 
SaaS is Salesforce, SaaS is Figma, SaaS is Canva, SaaS is, these are all just, you know, SaaS is a business model in a sense, right? They, they have attributes, right? It's, it's hmm. uh, you pay as you go, on demand, right? All these attributes around the, the business model and the framework, but you have flavors of it underneath that, right? You, you, you have CRMs, you have your productivity, you have your diagramming and you have, you know, your ERPs you have. And so my thought was, you know, NAS network of service is similar in a sense, right? It is similar because there are attributes of the framework, which I discussed in the article, what's, what's the same. There are a few things that are a little different because the advantage of SaaS is they depend on networks in existence and connectivity being there. And so they have an advantage. When you are the network, it's not the same. You can't have NAS on demand if there wasn't a cable or wireless connection to you in the first place, right? Mm. You can't magic connectivity out of nowhere. Someone's got to run fiber to your location before you can do that. But once you have the basic physical connectivity, the services that you run on top of that, certainly that can be on demand, that can be pay as you go, that can, you know, especially with fiber with enough capacity, you can do a lot of flexible yeah. things with it. Likewise with wireless. And so that's what's the impetus for the article to try to talk. It was more of a message to the people I was talking to and the companies I was working with in organizations to say, yeah, maybe it's not that great an idea to try to define NAS. You can define it, it's, there's just no point. But let's agree on what NAS is and then let's agree on why enterprises want NAS. Again, it's back to the complexity thing we talked about in simplification, right? They want simplification, yeah. they want agility, and they demand that from the network providers. And we need to yeah. give them that from the campus yeah. to the WAN, to the cloud, right? I think that's that's the reality. Now, once you agree with that, then it becomes subclassification within NAS of what category you belong to. And you can reclassify it, right? But if we look at it that way, I think it's a it's a it's a better place to start. And it allows us to focus on what the enterprise has actually need as opposed to arguing about the nomenclature, which actually doesn't help anyone, right? So that yeah. there was the impetus behind the article. And yeah, and I'm, well, I loved it because like I thought, oh, I'm sorry, I stepped on you. No, Say no, that no, again? Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was done, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I, I, I loved it because um, I think the analogy to SaaS was, uh, was, was made in it and it's, uh, and it's actually a pretty powerful one. The way that, um, because like you can slice and dice this market in lots of different ways, and I think that's the point, right? So, you know, um, Meraki kind of showed, you know, maybe um, Meraki might have been like the first kind of NAS offering in the, in the marketplace, you know, and a lot of folks are now trying to repeat that, um, you know, that that model, whether that's for local area networking, whether it's like, you know, for, you know, kind of next generation Wi-Fi, whether that is for, you know, campus, data center, you know, so you can uh, right. remote access, you can kind of, you can slice and dice that way, or you can slice and dice on features and functions, you know, um, and services, um, you know, associated uh, with NAS. I thought there is there is one other uh, key point about it. I think you alluded to it, um, and that is like the underpinnings of NAS is this programmable infrastructure, um, programmable networking infrastructure, and it's the exposing. Uh, of networking uh, features through APIs. Mm -hmm. And um, what's um, what's really powerful about that concept is that you know you can have, for example, like Citibank uh, consuming a Verizon NAS service. And you can have Bank of America consuming um, a Verizon NAS service. And they can be completely different implementations 
um, of that same service that they're offering. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer like an MPLS, you know, network where it's one size fits all. Right. It really That's is right. customized, you know, is, is the yeah. goal really, you know, it's like, um, you know, they're, we're not there yet, but that is the goal where you can, now you can really kind of um, get that service and customize it, you know, to, to your particular requirements and needs. And that's yeah, powerful. Once you have the fiber, no, I think that once you have the, that fiber, once you have the physical connectivity figured out, right? Above that, we're back to what we call the software-defined networks, right? Back from a decade ago, mm -hmm. right? We, we, yeah. We've always been trying to approach it as asymptotically, right? We're trying to get to the asymptote of SDN, true SDN, right? Whatever that yeah. needs to be, whatever Nirvana is. But the programmable element of it, the, the, the on-demand nature of it, I think, that yeah. is an important part, right? Just as with, with SAS or IAS or whatever it is that you can sort of get a flavor that you want in a programmatic fashion that you do mm -hmm. sort of infrastructure as code, we're back to this network as code as well, right? I mean, that's where you get the scalability and the flexibility and agility. Once you have a physical infrastructure, whatever is above it, I think we'll learn yeah. about how to consume it, how to program it, how to sell it, monetize it, manage it. Right? I think that's right. that should be what we should be focusing on, right? Not trying to name yeah. it or rename it or arguing about it. I think fundamentally, let's ask enterprises what they want. Let's let's also figure out what enterprises could want in part of creativity mm -hmm. and imagining new things and invention. And let's work our way there, right? So that's what I'm hoping to see on the networking side over the next few years, right? Not 2024 yeah. per se only, but but over the next few years, just to see that element. Just as cloud computing came out of whole that the whole movement, right? You know, we should have the. Yeah. It's not cloud networking per se, but it's you know that that term means something else right now. But it's the equivalent from a concept perspective yeah. of, of that, right? For networking, that's my hope. Yeah, yeah, we did that with servers, you know, the cloud providers did a really great job to be, you know, great host, you know, for servers, you know, it's like, and we haven't done that with networking, you know, and so it's like, we haven't. you know, networking, it's so odd, because like, actually, in the, um, in the mid 90s, late 90s, all of a sudden, networking was really kind of like advanced, right? Because we really didn't have much networking other than, you know, SNA and DECnet and stuff like that. You know, yeah. but like, once TCPIP came on the scene, you know, it's like, wow, you know, everyone freaking got it and email exploded and then web traffic kind of exploded right. and productivity went crazy, you know, across the economy. Um, you know, that, you know, th that's such an important um, kind of component, you know, of, um, of this marketplace. And to kind of see where we're going to go, you know, from here on this NAS journey, um, I, I think it's something that will manifest itself in, in 2024. I'm hoping anyway, you know, that, that it will. Emerge. So. I think it will emerge in 2024. I think one of the things that I do is I, I think about, you know, if you look at the cloud computing, you look at storage, you look at computing, you look at the evolution of that. Networking is usually behind because there's a physical element to it, unfortunately, right? You actually have to connect yeah. it. But, you know, what's the equivalent, you know, of what happened to computing with IAS? with pass, right? You can imagine for network. Yeah. And what does yeah. serverless mean for network? What does, what does networkless mean, right? Um, right. Right, what does yeah. that mean, right? I mean, is there a meaning for that? Can I send a packet on demand without a network present? Or can I use a network just to send those packets and then be done with it as a service? And, you know, right. do I just pay for that unit, right? What does that mean in networking? Maybe it makes sense, maybe it doesn't. But I think we should yeah. be thinking about it. I think we should yeah. be thinking about it. Yeah, I totally agree. It's like you know, yeah. and, you know I was just kind of like finishing the, that thought. You know, it's like 
we were kind of advanced like back in the 90s and then computing kind of yes. like just took over yeah. you know yeah. and then the cloud providers really kind of like were able to kind of democratize that unfortunately mm -hmm. they actually democratized it and they centralized it <laughs> you know right. and right. so the the internet didn't right. got de-democratized right. you know during during that yes. process so um yes. so it would be really great to see um kind of uh, you know the networking marketplace, and we already had that in storage, where storage is kind of a cloud service. We don't have it in networking yet. And I think uh, I have right. great hopes that NAS is really going to do that. And that will open up a kind of a really big market for the um, networking community. So yeah, that's the hope. That's the hope. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. And we'll see emergence in 24. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So Roy, I unless you have anything for me, I think I think, you know, that's kind of a nice natural end. Yeah, no, I think, you know, I, I think that was a good conversation. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I'm actually glad that we actually had time to sit down and actually talk. Normally we're running around and, hey, Nick, you know, hey, and then yeah. that's it, right? That's, yeah, so I really appreciate the opportunity to actually sit down. Awesome, great, too. I really enjoyed it too. Thanks so much. And, uh, you know, I hope to see well. you at one of the Onugs this year. Yeah, we, um, I think Jim and I spoke, we we booked, we're, we're going to be in Dallas for sure, right? Um, oh, so awesome. So we'll see you, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll okay. be supporting Onug in, in Dallas in April. Yeah, so oh, awesome. Whenever we booked, we booked the tickets already. So it's yeah, man. Yeah, food's gonna be great. Wolfgang Puck does a great job. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, no, we're, we're awesome. glad. Yeah, it's a great partnership. We're really glad. We appreciate you having us there, and uh, we have a lot of joint clients there. So looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Great. Thanks, Roy. All right. Thank you, Nick.